0: Hello, organized and productive listeners. Welcome. I'm Stephanie, your host. And on this episode, we are diving into the world of productivity. I invited renowned productivity expert Sabrina Runbeck as a guest this week. And Sabrina specializes in working with high-achieving executives. She'll be sharing her valuable insights and actionable steps to boost productivity and achieve the highest result with minimal effort. Sabrina is a recovery clinician. She is the CEO and co founder of Poised Point Solutions and Runback Media Group. She focuses on the healthcare industry and healthcare providers, but her tips are actionable and relatable to anyone and everything in all industries to be honest. So she does talk a little bit about her own experience in the healthcare industry, but like I said, the systems and the methods that she uses can be utilized with your everyday projects, everyday systems, everyday life. Now I met Sabrina a couple of months ago through a summit that we did together. And something that caught my eye and really attracted me to her methodology and the way that she teaches productivity through to through her programs and whatnot Is that she understands that productivity is not a one size fits all. That having good goal, you know, a good clear goal is going to be very important for your productivity process. But she talks a lot about freedom and to define what freedom means to you. And I love that because here at the Organized Flamingo as a whole, as our brand, we always talk and preach about how organizing and productivity is not the same for everyone, and it's not going to be the same throughout every chapter of your life it will and it needs to evolve and I love that she talks about freedom in different manners and ways and she understands that life is just like regular life not just business life but like life is just as important to take into consideration when you're trying to be more productive so I'm excited for the conversation I hope you enjoy it and as always we get straight into the questions so here we go Welcome to the Organized and Productive Podcast with the Organized Flamingo. I am your host, Stephanie, a professional organizer and productivity expert. Ready to explore the right organizing and productivity solutions for you? Yeah? Well then, let's go. Hey, Sabrina. Hello and welcome. I am so happy that you're here. I can't wait to dig into productivity and the topics of productivity with you. Uh, How are you doing? Welcome. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you, Stephanie. And thanks, everyone, for joining us. We know you can choose to do anything and you choose us, so we appreciate you. Yes. OK. All right. So as our community knows, we get straight into the nitty gritty of the questions here. And today's theme is all about the intersection between organizing and productivity and how productivity is is a very broad term that we use nowadays. You know, we talk about let's be more productive. And so we are in this episode and episodes like these, it's about what does that mean exactly? And getting into the nitty gritty so that you have actionable steps. And so that it means something, not just the empty word of becoming more productive. Can you tell us a little bit about the definition of productivity or what does it mean to you, especially since you work with high achieving executives and you're in this world. So how do you see productivity in its definition or within um, kind of the humankind?
1: That's a great question. I think all of us define productivity very differently. Now, I always say this every time you ask someone how they're doing, they're always like, I'm busy like busy is a good thing. Now we know busyness is not the same as productivity and productivity really is not the same as efficiency and efficiency is not the same as result-driven end goal that you're able to achieve. So that spectrum of productivity for me is simply you are able to get a lot of things done. Now we have to get into more into productivity of when you get a lot of things done, what does that truly mean for you? Are you doing the most effective way to get things done? Are there alternatives that you can use, tools, resources, people that can actually help you achieve? And when you achieve that, are you achieving the right thing? So at the end of the day, productivity should lead you to the most effective way of doing something to reach the highest result with the least amount of effort. So one I believe thinking about productivity, especially with people who are running multi-seven, multi-eight figures, uh, and also very crucial for all the solopreneurs at the same time is not to get yourself into the weeds of doing everything or feeling obligated to be in control over everything, but be very specific and knowing exactly what to do. So for me, productivity also very much attached to freedom. And I believe freedom has many different levels. You have to be able to say, I have activity freedom, right? And that go into the productivity of what to do and how to do. And then you have to have people freedom. Means you are allowing only the best of the best, the 18 on your board. And everybody else, including clients, you're able to say no. Then you have to have location freedom. Now, that also means it can help you to determine whether the people you want to work with is expand locally, state, nationally, internationally. And also that can mean You can travel anywhere. So I am someone who travel every month for networking, giving advices, both from clinical and business side. So that is my way of freedom for location. Then you also have to have that financial freedom because the more productive you are, the higher level income impact you can create. And then you also need to have health freedom and uh, that means you are able to do what you need to do to keep the physical body at the best level and to really truly understand yourself better and therefore you're able to understand other people better so so far we talked about activity freedom location freedom people freedom financial freedom uh, body freedom and lastly is time freedom i think that most people would think productivity is related to time freedom and that flexibility to say, I only wanted to work eight hours per day, or some people even much shorter, right? Or uh, I always wanted to have a three-day weekend. So however being flexible you can be, but still getting the most important things done, that altogether to me, that's productivity and efficiency.
0: Oh, I absolutely love that. And that's actually how I started to you know, follow you and just have these conversations when we met and, and I started falling in love with how you define this because you do talk about the freedom so much that or enough that to emphasize that it can mean very different things for different people. And I that's something that I, I love how you define that, um, that yes, productivity has its dictionary definition, but to you, you need to define what freedom means to you so that you can then go from there. So that's, that's really, that's awesome. Okay. So speaking of freedom and, you know, yes, freedom can mean a lot of things to some people and people are trying to figure out what, what that means to them. What, how can people identify their goals based on now what they think freedom is to them? How, like, what are some tips you would give to people that, feel overwhelmed with going the next step if they, they, they're they not, you know, working with someone like you. Like, okay, wait, I, I know that this is what freedom means to me. Now now what? What should I do about it to continue the momentum of finding the right productivity tools and whatnot? Yeah,
1: great question. So it's definitely you were saying is we have to first define, okay, these six categories, how do you rank them? Right. What for me, actually, time freedom is number one. And then it's activity freedom. So I rank them that will guide me on decision, means when I'm prepping time to be most important, means I block out time to hang out with my friends. I block out time to have dinner with my mom when I'm in town this week. Uh, I block out time for XYZ. And therefore, I'm not going to put anything else on my schedule. And that helps you to make that decision. But let's just put a much bigger, uh, something that I learned from Michael Hyatt is called a freedom compass. So he break it down into much simpler terms. So a freedom compass have four quadrants and desire zone, a distraction zone, a disencouragement zone, and really it's disinterest. And then the last zone is that despair zone. So we actually want to stay in desire zone more than 80% of the time. However, majority of people that I encountered have always been spending 80% of the time in anything else. So how are they different? The desire zone is both you have the natural talent to do that and you have the interest and passion to do it. Now that's a desire zone. And What's over here in a distraction zone, it truly is you simply have an interest and passion to do it, but it's not in your natural genius zone. Now, the disinterest zone is actually just the opposite. You have the talent and genius to do it, but you don't like it. And that become a dread obligation that kills momentum. This is, I thought I want to do it, but it's actually not getting me anywhere. So example of a distraction means some people are really good at data entering, collections, Excel, they do all their accounting by themselves. But just spending the time to entering, figure things out, calculate what return you have, all that things. If you don't do that day in, day out, where accounting big bookkeepers spend hours upon hours to get license at test for, then you should not be doing that. And this side is well it's so easy for me to enter all my activity tasks into this um, time management system task management project management system and I can sign to everyone right it's just so intuitive because I'm good at operation okay but if it's dreadful because the natural way that you do best is actually engaging with clients one-on-one or doing speaking engagements or whatever method of client attraction activities that you're really good at, then this become a disinterest. Because with time, you just feel the dread of having to do that, keep everybody else in check, and then it actually slow you down. Now, the last zone is that dreadful, that uh, despair, because Those are the things that you don't like to do and have no passion for, right? And you're not good at, frankly. But then some people, we have the false belief of, well, I don't have the money, resources, or people to do it. So I'm just going to do it. Oh, it will only take me 10 minutes. But every 10 minutes add up. And then sometimes when we get into the weeds, let's just say you can put together a um, funnel relatively easily, but you have to learn about it. You have to copy them all. You start changing up all the colors. And then you're like, wow, that's three hours of my time. I still don't like what I put together, right? So think about all these activities actually killing your efficiency. So we needed to, one of the exercise I always recommend everybody do. Now I have saved people more than 10 hours just by doing this one exercise is Write down all the activities that you had done within the past week, All right? That's column A. Column B, make a check mark if it's something that you feel very drawn to, right? You're passionate about, interested out. I like to do that all the time. Column C is put a check mark if that's something that you're really proficient at. Just so easy. I can get it done very quickly. High quality, right? And then... Column D, you wanted to do a check mark when the activity actually have two check marks. So that means that column D will show you the activities that is in your true desire zone. Now, we wanted to go a step further. We wanted to then put down of all the activity in your true desire zone, what's the time commitment that you took for those activities? If there are elaborate tasks that will actually produce your time, what does that mean? Is you, it will help you to complete a client task or uh, help a client to sign up for another program services that you provide. Those things you have to keep. Anything else we say to go back to a focus funnel and that can help you to figure out what to eliminate, what to delegate, what to automate and what you really need to keep on your schedule and
0: put it on your calendar to make sure you do. So, the, I mean, the ranking is the that starting point for a lot of people is kind of what I'm hearing, that, you know, ranking and doing different models of it and using different models. But that ranking is so important and really getting to know yourself too, to be able to do that ranking exercise to even get you started. So this is a great segue to talk about, okay, that you've got yourself your ranking system and then you you can put it into different uh, quadrants or evaluations, if you will, especially if you're doing this with a, a professional who's guiding you. But as you go through it, what is something that people should be looking at when They've def- they've defined what freedom means to them, so they're starting. You know, they're starting to rank what's important, what's not, and whatnot. And now they're like, okay, here I am. This is what I this is what I need more of. Time, or I need more of this, or I'd like to have more of this. So, how can people then go and pick a tool that's right for them according to that ranking list? Now, I know, of course, you know, within this conversation, it's or it's much shorter, and that conversation can be much longer. But what are some tips that you would give people? To look out for like what should they be looking out in a in a system hey, that could be a software system it could be just a system that you're implementing in your life to become more productive. What are things people should be looking at when they're picking those types of tools and systems?
1: Yeah, great point. So we'll quickly summarize what I said before because that in a self a system, and then we can also talk about what are the tools that we can add on to keep track. So number one is. All of the six degree of freedom, how do you rank each of them? And based on that, you're going to do a um, systematic review of all the activity that happened to you within the last week and figure out which activity are both passionate and proficient and only keep those as your personalized activity to do and then, how, and then go back to your sixth degree of uh, freedom to say, which one of these activities help me to gain time if time is valuable to you or help me to be more flexible with who I wanted to engage to, right? Continue to ask yourself those questions. And then you can get to, okay, what about all the other things that I needed to take off my plate? Then you can start thinking, which one can I immediately say no to? Which one can I create automation system? perhaps a simple thing like using a tool to put all your calendar online and automatically send a Zoom link to that person when they, upon booking and you have sequence of text message and email to send reminders set in the same way and automatically have the link for them to rebook, reschedule if needed to, right? Instead of going back and forth about what time it is. And so think about any type of activity you ever had And that could be cause um, you to drain your time, you drain drain your energy, drain your spirit. And then we go down to, um, okay, so if I'm very clear, I now know what to automate, what to delegate, having the right people on my team is of course very important because we know sometimes when you grow very rapidly or once you get into a certain revenue, you kind of get hit a ceiling. And then that means perhaps the talent pool in your existing team is not going to get you to the next level that you truly believe you can go. Then it's very much needed to have the talent acquisition team to help you to find those higher level of talent that can really believe in your true mission and help you to get there. Now, some of this two, when you start having more people on your team, it's about how do you keep track? of what people are doing, right? And then sometimes you guys might have virtual assistant that you need to track their hours um, because you pay them by hour, or you just have a flat fee of part-time, full-time, whatnot. But either way, the, there are many different tools up there between ClickUp, Asana, teamwork, and many different things. What you are looking at is a very simple system where you can create a project and detail tasks behind it and then each task also needed to have dependency. What that means is certain tasks cannot start until the previous one is completed. So for example, in podcasting and media creation world, when we have filmed this episode, now the next task is uploaded into a file, and then it gave to the video editor and to take out all the ums and whatnot, and then add the intro, outro. So if you think about systematically, you cannot technically do some of the other work without the beginning, right? No production team can do anything until they get a file. No production team can do anything when they actually know what this episode is about to then create graphics, then create teasers and whatnot. So think about systematically what is one thing flow into the next? So then you can put it into the system with the right people's name and a template, right? If the things that are doing all the time, you create a whole template of that system with the right dependency, with the predicted, oh, this step should only take two days. And then that automatically give you that two days or you're manually adding on to two days from now. And then the next task will start. So that's what you have to really consider. And then there are many different project management tools. It just depends on whether you're more visual learner, you're you're more task oriented into like detailed weeds because they all have different function, but whatever works best for you, just make sure you have a place to track. And for people lot smaller, guess what? Even Google Tasks Helps. You can schedule these specific tasks out uh, with repeats, with alerts, whatnot, if you don't even want to pay for any software. So Google Taskworks, uh, I believe some of the software um, version like Asana, they're free uh, if you have less than 15 people in your team. So there's all different ways that you can try out tools that might be the best for you.
0: Yeah, I something that you just said also triggered or at least like reminded me to ask you about how much wiggle room should some of these systems, whether it's a software system, that you use for your company uh, or for your own personal use. How much wiggle room should there be in there? Because sometimes life happens, and you have all the best system in the world according to the, your ranking system and how you de- defined, you know, all your definitions and of what you want in life and your business and whatnot. But then life happens or time is not just as timely or someone got sick and that they couldn't, you know, they couldn't do part of that step within your system. So how much wiggle room would you either recommend or just like, let's talk about wiggle room in your system. Like what is, what are things that people should be looking at within so that it's not so stressful all the time, like feeling like you have to reach every single one of those steps.
1: Yeah, for sure. So to have wiggle room, you first have to have boundary, right? And what that means is once you determine a system that you wanted to keep, you have to teach other people about the system and also exactly how you want to do it. So I have, for example, a new team, a healthcare creative network where all the healthcare podcasters, radio hosts, TV hosts, YouTubers – come together, and we're actually putting a summit together, and we have a whole collective to really support each other. Now, this new project, we have committee members. I have everybody on Asana. I assume nobody knows, right? You have to almost just put a mindset of, I'm just going to assume nobody knows the system. And then I use Loom to record a quick overview to say, these are our projects, these are deadlines, these are the people who assigned to XYZ, based on my knowledge of their expertise. Feel free within your own subcommittee to arrange for deadlines and due dates uh, systematically. However, our ultimate deadline for this one project is this. And we are all professionals. I truly appreciate everyone on the team. So take it. Right, so it's an overview of giving people a sense uh, of what needs to be done, but not over micromanaging because we have subcommittees for marketing, subcommittee for legal, subcommittee for um, speaker invitation, right, sponsorship. So each subcommittee can take the lead for what they need to do. I'm just simply assigning the big um, chair per se of the committee, and they can take it. However, the detailed things can be, hey, don't forget to tag the people that you want to respond for so you they can get alert, not just reply in general. And don't forget to check your task management system at least once a day so you know what's coming up, what you need to do and what the deadline. So sometimes we have to be very specific and have that type of boundary. And so people are on the same level of commitment. And then you can say, Now I can have the wiggle room of if things didn't happen the way I want it to be, there's a reason because resources and whatnot. But if we didn't establish a standard and boundary ahead of time and then things fell through, then it's up on the leader to take the responsibility to say what to do next.
0: Yeah. And so, I mean, what I'm hearing is good boundaries, good communication and clear goals along the way, as well as the larger at-hand goal. So you mentioned the the part about the good boundaries and whatnot. What are some mistakes that you see or common challenges faced when people are trying to find the right system for their life or business? Like what are, what are some of those things that um, people should be looking out for or common mistakes that you see that you encourage people to take a look at?
1: Yeah, great question. I think sometimes when you go into organization, into a team that already have a system, and then the learning curve a little bit a high for you, or you simply uh you are the founder of that business. So you picked something that seems like worked for you and you want everybody else to learn it. So one thing is about who are your key players on your team and can you have a conversation with all of them based on their experience. Experience, expertise, what's the best tools to use and have that conversation together? And therefore, you're not spending extra money or spending extra energy to build everything out. And then people have a, such a big learning curve
0: and it won't serve them. You're so good. You're so good with the collaboration piece too, that it doesn't have to be so stringent or so linear um, that there's that component of teamwork. You don't have to do it alone. And actually, that probably will will give you the togetherness or give you that community sense with your team because you cared, you took the time. And, and at the beginning of this, you would at the beginning, but this part, this segment part, you said, take a look at yourself too. Is it what learning curve is it for you? Is it something that you're coming into? Are you acquiring a team or a, a company or you're the newbie in, in it? Even if you are the highest rank, even if you are the now new founder, you might be the one that needs to check yourself and you might have to change a little bit so that you can be more collaborative. And yeah, I love that.
1: Yeah, and then uh, tapping into the collaboration. So uh, uh, Postpoint Solutions, we're really a... Team of experts of 12 domain of business looking at these growing healthcare companies who are doing pretty well. They're um, revenue generating. They're in multi seven figure, but they're hitting that ceiling and hitting that plateau and don't know how to get themselves into the next level. So when we come in, some people like, whoa, 12 business areas. I didn't even think there are so many of them. And then we're like, Well, that's the point, right? We're gonna put your blinders away, make you see 360 degree of everything about your company. And it's not just these 12 different area. We actually, how we work is subdomains and make sure when we do strategy and evaluation and helping someone, it's always in a triad format, means there are always a three people team. What that means for any company, even you start small. Some people will say, Oh, I just needed to have the second hand that can do anything for me, right? It's someone who I truly trust. But then it's just a two person relationship. If you are by yourself, that means you're not truly the CEO. As one of my co founders says, is you are the chief of everything, which is not gonna help with any company growth. And but if you only have two people, sometimes it becomes a debate for anything that needs to be done. Someone always feel like a win-lose situation a lot of time because someone wanted to leave, someone have the other idea. It kind of keeps going back and forth. So it's not as healthy or effective. When you have three people, now even the two people are debating an idea, the third one becomes the observant. And then the clear mind to help mediate the situation and vice versa, right? So when we think about working through any project, our committee,
0: is always minimum three members. That's very interesting. Okay. Would you recommend that people do the three? Can it be a consultant? Does it have to be part of a, a hired team? Can it be an extra set of eyes and ears? that is only hired for that project or for whatever that goal is that you are going on? Yeah, yeah, for sure. So
1: when you are at a certain level, we always say, who's your third something more? Um, so anytime you're strategize, you're brainstorming, you're creating that work, you want it to work in three. So even you are the CEO, you technically don't have a COO or you have a you don't have a chief informatic officer, but who is that third leg that can help you? And the same thing as you're saying that third leg could be a temporary consultant coming in while you're working with your main person and this consultant. And that consultant, depend on what area, subdomain of business you're working on, that consultant better be the expert in that domain, right? That person simply is there to evaluate and strategize. And then the two of you that are on the team that join this committee is to give information and help decipher what works best for your specific company.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. So, okay. So we've talked about what is productivity, what is productivity to you, some tips around that. But we talked about what to look for in our software and whatnot. So now you're using it. You picked it. You did your you did your list. You checked it. Okay, I'm on I'm on track. You know, or I have a a road that I'm going to start driving on. How do you know if it's working or not? Or what are some practical tips we can give in this short conversation? Right, that that gives you that evaluation and making sure that you're assessing. Your productivity tool and system. Like, what are things that people should look at when they're evaluating and determining if they should continue on that road or if they need to halt, yield, or do some kind of pivot?
1: Yeah. So things you have to go back to the beginning, right? When you start tracking everything, that's not that's when you know what works or what doesn't work. So once you track these, it means outcome. What uh, whatever result that you're hoping to get, did you get it? Uh, how many things? you put in, right, input, output, and the result. And then is that result truly even measured by effort, right? Like, did it cost you heartaches? Did it cost you a lot of time where, like, stress or bringing extra people just to get it done or it feels like it's super last minute, then means there's a lack of strategy in the beginning or a lack of enough time frame for you even doing this or there's something happened doing this project system that it wasn't, right? Or it's because it's a whole new team and um, they're just still trying to figure out how to work with each other. So then you can give yourself the grace and empathy toward, okay, didn't do it as exactly how I expected, but we learned something from it. So what was the lesson learned from that situation? And then how do you share that with your team or for them to do that reflection to say, okay, we're going to ask four questions. And we do that in our uh, executive work as well. So what worked, what do we needed to continue doing? What didn't work and we have to immediately stop. So once you are able to track and then do that evaluation, you needed to be able to answer these four questions for each of
0: the project and then keep moving forward. When is, is it okay to just start over? Is have you come across clients, people that do this evaluation and this ask themselves these questions and then realize that it's not working or is it or should they be doing these types of evaluations in smaller increments along the project or do they they wait until the end?
1: Yeah, great question. It's always a small increments. We do two-week sprints, right? And so that means every two weeks you have a project based on wherever it is. It could be a continuation of previous tasks, uh, previous projects that just shaped into this new direction, or it's the same direction we ask ourselves those four questions so we have a more guidance in what to do next. So along the way, no matter what, it's not just, let things loose and see what happens. In, you needed to continue
0: to build in those checkpoints. Yeah, those recaps that are a little shorter, feel like will save you so much time at the end. And that really does go sometimes, you, you kind of let time go. I don't know about you, but on a personal basis, sometimes for my professional life, you think about like, that's the last thing I want to think about. I don't want to evaluate this. I don't want to go and look at my, what, how my goals are doing because it feels like a, time waste almost because you think you feel like you're reiterating it every so often and then it just feels like oh it's a reminder but you're saying when you do this it's actually could save you so much time at the end probably going to be the healthier way sanity wise to do it versus at the end finding out that with all of your efforts that you've done were were not good you should have been doing some check-ins and checkups yeah okay so let's go ahead and tell people a little bit more about just kind of this, this last section of how can they find a good productivity tool system that they should invest in? Is this something that they should just, we have this conversation that we just had now, you know, they should like do their check-ins and things like that. Um, But how do they know if they should go all in into something? So whether it's a software, it could be a software that you're implementing for your business, or maybe it's a new system that you, you should be implementing Like How do What's uh, like a good temperature check for them to go all in or just start slow?
1: I, that, I feel like everybody wanted to know that, right? Like, how do I decide it's really worth it? I always believe in any tool and system is about consistency. If you're not used to it, it's not going to do you any good. So from today, we talk about a lot of different systems. A lot of these systems are not going to cost you anything financially, but it's going to cost you time and honestly with yourself to figure out the right activities to do what to eliminate, what to delegate, what to create additional automation system for, and how to leverage additional uh, project management tools that you can keep track of your team and make sure they are on top of things, right? So for all of that, which one do you implement first? Well, start with the ones that we talked about, the checks, the self-evaluation. If you can't even get that done, if you can't even invest in yourself, to be honest, and do those assessments, then why invest in a whole system that looks fancy, trackable, charts, timeline, that doesn't mean anything to anybody because you're not going to use it and or it be, become a burden for you. So you have to start from the ground up. If you can consistently, even just to do what we talk about, every week, review your six-level freedom. Are they still in the same order? Every week you're gonna look at your activities from the past week. Are they still getting you the maximum about result as well as the least amount of effort? And they're in your desire zone. Then you keep doing. And without doing that for at least a couple of weeks for you to figure those things out in the beginning, then it doesn't really make sense to put all those projects into this fancy tool and software. And now you can. Start somewhere if you have a project manager. That person, whether he or she can help you sort things out and put it all uh, tracking appropriately. If you don't have that person, then don't even worry about it. You have to work on yourself first because everything starts from the top. If your mind is not in it to win it, if you're just ha- have hazarding doing everything, or you just get trapped into just continuously. Being busy and putting out fires left and right, then you don't have a system. I mean, honestly, like you're not, you're no matter what you're building, it's not going to last you that long. So I would say when you wanted to go all in, it's because you can consistently do this week upon week, actually evaluating yourself. And then once you keep up with having a system that works for you, independently. Now you can invest into a tool, teach everybody uh, and talk about what that tool means for everybody, why it's so important, setting the right boundaries and actually start keeping track of everything into that tool.
0: Yeah. You have to start with yourself. That's that's a mic drop a moment. Yeah, start with yourself. That was awesome. <laughs> that was amazing. And so let's let's talk about what what would look like a takeaway that you would want someone to have. As they're finishing this episode with you, like what's the takeaway about productivity and finding the right productivity for you in your business or maybe even your personal life or both? Yeah,
1: I always like to say, you have to say no to pretty much everything. Then you can say yes to the only thing that truly matter because of everything that we always talk about, all the different type of freedom or the systematic, A compass that you can use, a focus funnel, and all these things are about how do you say no more frequently so that you can say yes so definitively for the only 20% of the work that give you 80% of the result. Now, the concept is thrown out there a lot, but how many of us actually do it? We needed to be very consistent with ourselves and be okay with that because every no is a new opportunity and that's the major take point from this episode is let's take some time you have to be able to slow down to do that reflection perhaps that's your sunday friday monday thing right give yourself that time to actually look into the whole big picture and what this week
0: is going to be for you yeah love that okay so This is a question we like to ask all of our guests, and it it tends to give us a little bit more insight about who you are, but also just a fun recommendation that maybe you have that others have not heard of. So what is your favorite magazine, whether it's a digital magazine or physical magazine? like Which one's the one that either you grab when you're walking in the store or the one that you're always getting on a monthly basis, maybe in your Kindle or something?
1: So the funny thing is, when I was in middle school, I was reading all these magazines, subscribed to all these things, and then college and grad school comes, and I re- I stop all the subscriptions because I got into audiobooks. So for me nowadays, I have not read a typical magazine for a long time. I'm always having my, my audiobook of some sort.
0: I I love that, and actually, to be to be fair, some of these um, some of the articles and whatnot become books anyway. So, you know, or tips and, and things. It's like the start of a conversation, the magazine. So I, I love that. That makes sense. Um, okay. So let's let's give people where pe- they can find you. Um, tell us a little bit about, you know, some of the platforms that you're on, some of the tips that you give out in the social media world or maybe your website so that especially if you're in the healthcare industry, but you don't have to be. Um, she's amazing at just all things like productivity and systems and just finding um, success Within yourself and, and also your business, but where can people reach you?
1: Yeah, thanks, Steph. I am most active on LinkedIn. Feel free to go tapping my phone name, Sabrina Rumbach, to find me and connect there with me. Uh, we do a lot of fun stuff on LinkedIn. Uh, every Tuesday, we have a LinkedIn audio. Every Wednesday, we drop our podcast, The Provider's Edge. So, truly, is how do you gain your extra edge? as a executive uh, entrepreneur founder in a healthcare space and then thursdays we run a linkedin uh, live stream and um and then uh, mondays our our newsletter to drop so it's kind of a lot of fun stuff that we do on linkedin and then very easy to reach out to me send me a personal message i'm always uh active uh to engage with anybody who wanted to Uh, See how they can expand, figuring out what's missing in their own system, in their own business model to have the right infrastructure for them to scale exponentially.
0: Wonderful. Awesome. Well, head on over, over to LinkedIn. Thank you again, Sabrina, for your time. And until next time. Thank you for listening to the Organized and Productive Podcast with the Organized Flamingo. If you enjoyed today's episode, I would love it if you leave a rating and review on your favorite podcast player. It helps with letting people know that we're here for full show notes and resources, head on over to the organized slash podcast. Happy organizing.